This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance. So I have a little medical minute here for us. I want to talk about severe pediatric anaphylaxis and asthma. So this came about from a recent story that I, I heard. This, this gentleman, he was actually an ER doc down in Australia, and his name was Ben McKenzie, and his son died from anaphylaxis. And it's a pretty wild story. So his son was 15 years old. He had pretty severe walnut allergy. Went to his grandma's house, had this, like, walnut crumble that he didn't know was in there. Went into anaphylaxis, gave himself an EpiPen, called 911. The paramedics showed up. They gave him two more subsequent EpiPens before he went into a full respiratory arrest. And by the time he arrived at the ER, he was not breathing. He was like GCS3. He was being bagged and they had a, they did have a pulse and a blood pressure at that time. But the reason this case came about is because from the time of arrival to when he actually got intubated was about 26 minutes. And there were like five or six different providers that tried to intubate him. Nobody tried any sort of front of the neck access until his dad showed up in the emergency room, who was also an ER doc, took over care, and ended up doing a crike on his son, got the bougie in, and then shortly afterwards, they got Rosk. And unfortunately, at that time, his son, Max, had sustained an anoxic brain injury. So this guy, Max, he kind of made it his life's work to try and improve the care of severe anaphylactic kids. And just kind of some of the main points that he makes are that these young kids, they die of hypoxia. So this is a respiratory arrest. So, you know, our our traditional, you know, the compressions and then airway breathing circulation, that kind of CABC that we we have kind of moved to in ACLS, it really is not as effective in these kids because the circulating oxygen that they have with just compressions alone is, is not enough and not enough to sustain the brain. So they really need a definitive airway. And endotracheal tube is, is the only way to do that. Just bagging these patients because they have so much bronchospasm that the airway pressures are so high that just bagging them alone is oftentimes not enough to get them the oxygen that they need. And that goes for also for like superglottic devices like an LMA. It's just not enough. It, it can't overcome those airway pressures. So really they either need a definitive endotracheal tube or they need front of neck access. And so that should be their main priority of the team when these patients arrive. And that time is four minutes. So the, the brain can really survive four minutes before there's an anoxic brain injury. And then just a real quick refresher on what anaphylaxis actually is. So there's, there's a pretty strict definition for it. So you have to have acute onset laryngeal involvement, bronchospasm, or hypotension after a known exposure to an allergen. And that can be in like minutes to hours. And that is even in the absence of skin symptoms. You don't have to have that kind of wheel rash to have anaphylaxis. But you also have to have one of the other things, and that's either a reduced blood pressure from vasodilation or some end organ hypoperfusion, so hypotonia, syncope, incontinence, or some severe GI symptoms. So that's either crampy abdominal pain, repetitive vomiting. So just a other quick review of our medications that we use in these severe asthmatics or anaphylactics. So push-dose epi. One thing of note in this Ben brings up is that when you do an IM epi pen, it takes about six to eight minutes for that epi to fully start to circulate and get to the lungs. So if you think about the four minutes to hypoxia, that IM epi in a very severe crashing asthmatic is not actually going to be enough. So you really need IV epi in these patients. And the other medications that are pretty important for these are 
ketamine because it also creates a little bit of bronchodilating. And so that can be used as an, in, induct, an induction medication for your intubation. And then your continuous bronchodilators, so albuterol and ipatropium, and then magnesium and IV steroids. Those are a little bit further down the line. So the, kind of to summarize here, the gentleman Ben made this acronym called the AMAX-4 in kind of honor of his son. The A stands for adrenaline or epinephrine. That's a one microgram per kilogram push or the cardiac arrest dose if the, the patient is no longer has a pulse. M is for a, a muscle relaxant, so that would be your actual paralytic. A is an airway, so this is the definitive endotracheal tube, not an LMA and not just a BVM because those are not adequate, or front of neck axis if you can't get the intubation in basically in one to two tries. And then X is kind of a lot of the extra stuff. So considering that um, these, even though you intubate them and had definitive airway, you haven't really solved the problem, you still need to give them continuous bronchodilators and kind of play around with the vent to, to make sure that they're not breath stacking. Pneumothoraces are also pretty common in these patients because they are able to get air in, but they can't actually get air out. So they start to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So. And then the four is four minutes. So four minutes to anoxic brain injury. And that's about it. Thank you, guys. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Health One Continental Division and Swedish Medical Center for their financial contributions to the EMM. Donations from them and listeners like you make it possible for us to fulfill our mission of producing and spreading free medical education to the masses. If you enjoy our show, please consider making a one-time or reoccurring donation to help cover our operational costs and keep the EMM awesome. Click on the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.